Welcome to Pearson Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 258. Yeah. And the, the, the reason I said it that way is the episode we're having today, we kind of had a similar episode back on episode 58. Oh, interesting. So and like, we called the episode, It's All Good. 200 episodes later, you know, some things change and some things stay the same. Well, and it's not the same episode at all. I just, I remember going back because here's the thing. There's always stuff to talk about when it comes to reselling, but a lot of it can get repetitive after a while, right? I mean, how many times have you watched YouTubers, right? The the reselling uh, influencers make videos where it's like how to get started on eBay. Guaranteed, if they've been doing YouTube videos for like at least five years, they've probably made that same video four times. Or more, for sure. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, it's rinse, cycle, repeat. And so I hope that our, uh, you know, content is never that way. I hope we're always fresh and new and up to the times. Do you think we are? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. We're fresh. <laughs> we're fresh. So fresh. <laughs> so fresh. All right. Speaking of so fresh, like coffee, wanted to say we appreciate all of you for supporting us on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Mike, I think it's time for us to do another Zoom here pretty soon. We should do one. Yeah. Okay. Next week, maybe? Mm, maybe. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Okay. All right. It's September, though. Yeah, for sure. We'll do one. So for those of you who haven't joined us, so um, it is not necessarily extra content, but it is a way for us to connect. It's a virtual meetup. Yeah, it's a way for us to connect with those who continually support us uh, because we wouldn't be able to keep doing this if it wasn't for people like you saying, you know what, Pierce Podcast has added value to my life, so I'm going to say thank you in a monetary way. And that's how we can keep literally the lights on. No, seriously, at times, yeah, it's yeah. true. So again, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. You can just say, hey, thank you for a great episode. Buy us a couple of coffees. Or you can sign up for the weekly, the monthly, the yearly membership. And in those memberships is when we message you uh, as to when our Zooms are. It's sometimes people message us just a quick question. I would say, you know, primarily still DM us on Instagram. But our main way of connecting with you to do those virtual meetups is on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. See the link below. All right. So everyone's like, okay, get on with the episode. So here's the episode. I want to talk about keeping platforms on your side, not shoes, but selling platforms. All right. You're, did, you're trying to be punny there. No, I just let us know in the comments below. <laughs> did you laugh out loud? No, no, no one laughed. That was not even funny. I just wanted to make sure we were clear on what I was talking oh, okay. about. Okay. Clarity. Okay. No, that good. was a terrible, that wasn't even a dad joke. That was just lame. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you see that. I, I, I was worried for you. No, for no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, no, this is going to be a good episode because we want to make sure, I mean, when it comes down to it, you need to, to make money in reselling. You've got to play by the rules inside of the businesses you're using, the platforms you're using. The sandbox. And yeah, it's their sandbox. You got to play by their rules. And there are ways to make sure that we can optimize and that we're moving within that well. And making the most money. And then even within that, uh, making sure that things like communication with customers, uh, how we present our stuff, all that stuff has to be right. So that way we can optimize our profits. And at the end of the day, we're doing this because we want to be able to uh, make some money, feed your family, go on vacation, whatever it is, pay the bills. Uh, so we want to make sure that we are following the right steps in order to increase profits. So What's first here? All right. So first is don't try to shortcut the system, right? It's very easy when you're reselling. I think it's easier the longer you resell because you kind of figure out the ins and outs, right? When you're brand new, it's kind of when you first start driving, 
right? Your hands on the 10 o'clock and the two o'clock on the steering wheel. You're driving the speed limit. You're turning your signal, right? And then the more you start driving, right? You start, you know, you lay back your seat a little bit more. You only have one hand on the steering wheel. Yeah, you get more comfortable. You get more comfortable driving faster. And that's what I feel happens in reselling. Now, there are some people that from the start (laughs) try to shortcut the system and get around certain rules. But here's the deal. You will lose. You will lose the platforms. Because platforms want to make money. And if they feel that you are jeopardizing their customer base, they will cut you off. And so first thing is here, make sure you're following the terms of service for every platform, right? Every platform, they're pretty clear. So what I, what I mean by this, so condition standards, right? So on eBay, right, you can sell you stuff, right? You can sell you stuff on Amazon. But here's the thing. On eBay, you can always say, new in box. There's actually a drop down menu in certain categories where you can put new in box, right? Or you can even say new. And then later on in your description, you can say something like box was open to uh, make sure that all the contents could be found in the box. Or, you know, you, you can make what you can write whatever you want. You could say new, but maybe tried on in the store a couple of times. Like I do, I have some shoes that are like that, like they're new, but they're somewhere on the soles because people did try them on in the store. Right. But I can still List them like new. Yeah. You may be specifically certain things. You might be a display model or something like that where, yeah, it was, it's new. It wasn't like a, a return to the store, but yeah, it's uh, you could tell it's been used in some sense. And so, yeah, so making sure that you're following those, those policies and that you're not, you're not listing things incorrectly. I mean, one of the things that uh, mistake I made often when I first started was just copying listings and making a few changes, but not realizing that. I've got to go through and double check categories and things that they put, right? Mm-hmm. Because they might have put like a model number and mine was from like, it was printed a year later than theirs was printed. If it's a book or something like that. And if you, if you're off by a little bit, you're, you're asking for issues because at, 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 in reality, it's false advertisement, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're posting something incorrectly and it could be from ignorance, it could be from, um, you know, you just made a mistake, but that's one of the reasons why you want to be very careful because if you get enough of those, it's going to be a red flag for whether it's eBay or Amazon or whatever it is that that you are you're not careful enough with your listings or that you are flat out trying to deceive your customers. And that is a very bad place to be uh, because you want to. We talk all the time about being a top rated seller, having a good reputation with eBay, having a good reputation with Amazon is going to come in, fi- in, in your favor and it's going to work out for you when there is that one off situation where maybe a customer says something happened, it didn't happen. If you've got a good track record, you're going to be fine. But if you've got a track record of lots of items not as described or, you know, not following their their policies and you posted the wrong pictures or something like that, you're, you're going to be in a world of trouble. Yeah. And I think about Amazon. Amazon is very, very clear that if something is brand new, it must be brand new. So it can't have a, a dent on the box. It can't have some of the plastic wrap coming off. It has to be new. Right. To the point, I mean, I can't think of how many times I have bought stuff for retail arbitrage on on Amazon. And with my, you know, Scotty Peeler, I'm like taking off the tag and I accidentally like rip off the plastic or I cut into the box. And after that, it's done. Then it's going to eBay. Right. Unless I list it as like new. Right. But you got to be careful because this is what I find, too, is, is a lot of a lot of people where, you know, they look at the condition standards, let's say books. And and their book may not be that great, but they always want to sell it for more than it actually is. And so instead of saying that it's acceptable, they'll put, you know, very good. And then the buyer gets it and they're like, uh, this isn't very good. And then 
they, you know, they give you bad feedback and you call Amazon or you, you message Amazon or you use their feedback removal system and you lost because the, the bottom line is if you had just put it at acceptable, they couldn't make a case anymore. Right. Cause it's at the lowest grade and you should be good to go. But since you tried to, you know, over promise and you ended up under, under delivering that puts you in a bad scenario. Okay. Also, you know, listing requirements. So I'll give you an example. I know some individuals on eBay that once the $100 shoes with no fees came out, that only applied to athletic shoes. But a lot of people were putting every single pair of shoes on their athletic shoes. Dress shoes, boots, hiking, hey, I mean, all of it. If you're walking around with a pair of Cole Hans at work all day, you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you might feel like you're being athletic. I mean, sometimes I get 10,000 steps in just as a teacher. So, uh, you know, I mean, who's to say that's not athletic? But we recognize that there are categories that are understood. So yeah, you have to, you got to be careful. Well, what will happen is, you know, eventually they will penalize you. They, they'll suspend your listing. They'll suspend you. And, you know, you might've been like, oh, I've sold so much. I've been such a good seller, but guess what? It only takes those few mistakes for that mistrust to happen. And for eBay to just say, you know, we're done. No more right now. Okay. No more. All right. And, and give you one more example, uh, the idea of using stock pictures. So you got to be careful. This is one that I see broken all the time. And I'm not here to virtue signal and say I'm better than you because I don't use stock pictures. I, I And actually, I do use stock pictures, but usually they're like picture number nine. They're my last one. They're not my first one. Right. And, and eBay has very clear policies. There are some companies that are very adamant and they will do a Vero. So Vero is uh, verified. Basically, it's it's companies that don't want you listing their items or using their pictures. And so they will make a claim with eBay and your listing will get pulled down or you could end up suspended. And so be careful with stock pictures. Make sure you understand the terms of service. I know like on Poshmark, stock pictures is the way to go for a lot of people. But again, I, and I honestly, I don't sell enough on Poshmark to know whether, you know, Poshmark pulls those listings. But I do know that whether platforms do have their listening not you always got to be careful about stock photos yeah, that's really good uh next part of this kind of goes to the idea of only selling items that are allowed and you've got to really sounds like common sense it, i mean it is but, but it gets you get comfortable and well that and also like i said there's this idea of ignorance in, in the sense of you, you don't always know all the things you can't sell i can't tell you how many items True. i've put up and then had a Vero or something where it's like, I didn't realize this company didn't let me sell this mm -hmm. item. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is they don't catch everything. Cause I I've gotten away with selling certain things where I've, I haven't had a problem. And then one of my listings gets flagged. I get a message from eBay. They're taking this listing down and then I'm stuck with this item. Cause I'm not going to relist it. I've already been warned, but then a friend of mine or somebody else that I know has sold the exact same kind of item and had no problem with it. You know, it's like they've listed this item, they sold it. And it's like, man, maybe I should just give mine to sell. But it's it's the thing of, I know if I were to list it again, I can't claim ignorance anymore because I've been warned, even if I don't feel like it's fair, I, I'm at a place where I can't. So I think eBay for the most part is pretty good. I mean, the first time you list something incorrectly, I mean, for instance, I'll give you an example. There was like a, uh, a paper towel dispenser, brand new in box uh, company that you like, you know, those ones that the motion ones like at, at like restaurants or anywhere mm -hmm. you go, like yeah. you just dry your hand. So it was a paper towel dispenser motion like activated and i listed the, the it and super loud ones yeah for whatever reason this company doesn't let this item be sold like their brand name was like you can't use our brand name and so i couldn't sell this item anymore and ebay just took it down it wasn't like i was punished for it like you know we're gonna we're gonna suspend your account or anything like that however if i were to list again now i might be in trouble right Correct. so 
let's be honest. I mean, when you get anything, a new app on your phone and it's like terms and conditions, nobody's reading all 300 pages mm -hmm. of that and actually understanding all the legalese because it's most of it is is purposely written to not really be able to be easily understood. So there are certain things that that become common knowledge, right? Like you can't use Velcro. You can't use that term. You can't use onesie, right? There's certain things you know you can't do because it's trademarked or branded. Um, so if you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world, but you've got to be careful if you continue to do it, trying to manipulate the situation or even things that, um, you. again, it's frustrating because I've seen people who they have whole companies that basically all they sell is like, pirated audiobooks or pirated mm -hmm. video games and it it's frustrating to me because it's like they make so much money and i could easily be doing the same thing but all it's going to take is that they get caught they get pulled down and they're starting a new one and you know they're based in somewhere else and they're kind of going around the black market to make this stuff happen and i just know that i'm not going to do that because i've got my account linked to my paypal linked to my ip address i'm not you know using vpns going through you know other countries and so i just it, ethically, you've got to be careful not to sell things that, that aren't allowed because all it takes is that one time and you might have two or three stores that are all above water. But if one of them gets pulled like that, it can they can nail all of your stores. Correct. I, and, you know, another way you could do this, too, and I'm not trying to teach you guys to do this, but like on Amazon, you'll see something restricted, but then you'll find the same item that's selling and it's a higher rank. So what happened is that a seller couldn't get approved. And so they switched a, key, a few keywords. And so it ended up under the radar and now they could sell it. But if Amazon tracks that, you know, you're going to put yourself in a bad situation in two ways. Number one, Amazon can suspend you. And number two, you have all this inventory now that you can't sell. Right. So, again, this goes again with, with Mike saying, hey, everything gets shut down. Is it worth it? And it kind of leads to the last point under our idea of not shortcutting the system is you have to treat your business as if you're in it for the long haul. And I think a lot of new sellers don't think of it this way, right? When you're new, when you're doing side hustle, I remember when I first started eBay and I only had, I mean, I, I remember it was a shock to my friends when I told them I had 43 listings and they're like, what, 43? Right. And, you know, I never intended to be a full time seller. That was never my goal. Now, luckily, I had, you know, people I listened to uh, their podcasts or YouTubers I watched that always were pretty adamant about, you know, make sure that you keep 100 percent feedback. Make sure you do your best to make things right with the customer, you know, because you never know. This may be something that turns into something bigger. And so you got to treat it that way. Even if I would say even if it's at a loss, let's say. And we'll talk about this later, but let's say you have a buyer and you sent something and it was damaged and you missed it. And it was maybe, you know, let's let's go higher. Let's say it's a hundred dollar item. Right. And it was totally your fault. And to ship it back, you're going to lose another 50 bucks. So you may spend fifty dollars to get back half of that. Right. You'll get fifty dollars back if they return it. But then this, you know, you were in the wrong this buyer, let's say it was like a birthday present for their grandmother who's, you know, not doing well or whatever the circumstance is, it's very dire. You know, is it worth getting that negative feedback? Is it worth somebody writing on that feedback page like worst seller ever, totally missed a flaw, ruined my grandma's birthday party? And I know it sounds kind of silly, but I'm just trying to make a point here that, you know what, maybe it's just better off to say, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. Here's a full refund. Do with what you want. And you're like, ooh, 50 bucks. But you know what? Spending that $50 to keep that 100% feedback, which will lead to greater sales, to me, it's worth it. It's worth it for the long haul. It's worth it in the long run. Am I a little extreme on that one? 
No, I think that's good. I think for the most part, that's that's going to be the best case scenario is that you can you recognize that if if you see it as a business, I mean, business has been significant amounts of money on things like advertisement, on things like branding. And we really don't have to deal with that. We don't have to advertise. We don't have to deal with branding so much, but we do have a brand, right? Your store is a representation of who you are as a seller. And so taking a loss here and there is in the in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. Now, like you said, if you're just starting out and you feel like, hey, you know, I'm I'm just trying to make an extra, you know, thousand dollars to, you know, go on this trip that I'm trying to do and go to Disneyland, then you might think like, who cares if I have one negative feedback? But you might realize like, hey, I'm in this and it's actually, you know, worth it for me to lose some time or money in order to one, learn a lesson potentially, and two, keep my store in good standing. Yeah. Sure. So I strongly encourage you, if you're brand new and you're trying to figure out, I just sold a pair of boots. Sorry. Good job. I just bought these at a garage sale too. Nice. Are they the so, ones that are in there? Yep. Oh, nice. It's always nice, right? When you flip right away. All right. Sorry for the side note. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll edit for the first time. I'm just talking. We never edit, do we? And not unless, uh, you know, there's, there's something crazy happening. Unless I swear on, on the podcast, which I never swear. No, so. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. Um, restroom breaks or something yeah, like that. We might, uh, we might edit it We kind of need some air conditioning right now in here. That I would for, be nice. I forgot to turn it on. That's all right. All right. So here's the thing. I, I, I can't, I, I want to make sure if you're a new seller, you know, you might, you might hear from someone like, oh, you know, as long as you do this, you're going to be okay. You're never going to get caught. Whenever you hear something about you're never going to get caught. That, that should be a red flag because I know so many, so many resellers that just started eBay as a side thing or Amazon as a side thing and now they're full time. And had they just gone, oh, you know what? I don't care if my, my feedback ratings at 50%, right? They would have probably given up reselling because their sales would have slowed down. The algorithm wouldn't be pushing buyers to their items and they would have been done. But if you just keep it clean and move forward... I'm guaranteeing, not guaranteeing, I, not financial advice, but chances are you're going to be doing pretty well if you keep your reputation in good standing. Good stuff. All right. Now let's talk about dealing with bad buyers, Ooh, right? Because you can't avoid dealing with bad buyers. Yeah, bad buyers are, are part of business, but it's frustrating. And let me tell you, like, one of the things that's really helped with in general is kind of the paradigm shift that. One, it's not personal. It's not like a direct attack towards me. And then two, like when you're out in public and you and maybe this is a messed up thing to, to kind of think about. But, you know, you go to a grocery store, you go to a gas station and you just see the tomfoolery that people get involved in, like just the nonsense that <laughs> you're going with the get, old school vocab there, the, the things people get upset, the, the things people get upset about the uh, like you go into a gas station and somebody's, you know, taking too long and someone starts swearing and they get out of their car and then they're throwing a fit and then they or dumping water all over the place or whatever the nonsense you see. And you're like, you know what? These people are sometimes going to be my customers, right? Like there mm -hmm. are just people in the world that are just, they're never happy. They have other issues going on in life. And so recognizing when you get, a, especially a message from somebody, because I mean, I had one the other day where somebody bought something and then after they bought it, they sent a, a message that I, I really couldn't answer about like something about the pants, the way they would fit and how high up on the hips they go. And it's like, I hear the measurements. Like, I don't know, you know, and they were like, cancel the order. I refuse to buy from somebody who doesn't even know their pants and blah, blah. And it's like, okay, like I order canceled. And I went on with my day, but I could have been like really upset. Like, oh, how dare this person? Like I, I gave the measurements and I, are you saying that I'm trying to sell, you know, items that are not good and not quality and I'm, it's not a big deal, you know? So a lot of times I just, when you get a message like that, you let it go off your back and you, as much as you can, 
you just assume the best. You assume, hey, maybe maybe they're, you know, maybe something did happen, you know. Maybe they had arrived. some bad buys where yeah. they bought from somebody else and you know, the measurements were off. Yeah. Or, or you know, somebody gets something and they're like, this was broken in shipping. And, and the first thing you want to do is like take it personally. Like, oh, you know, like, I packed it right. Because sometimes it, it does feel like it's a personal attack on you. And sometimes it is. But if you're if you just think like, well, you know, sometimes the UPS, the USPS, they just... They run stuff over with their trucks. Like things can, ha- like anything can happen. Well, yeah, you don't know. I mean, it, this reminds me. So Craigslist Hunter just dropped a video a few days ago about he had to actually pull a video because so he put a video and he thought he was getting scammed. He sold some kind of Oral B toothbrushes or something. You guys can go watch it. And uh, our first interview, by the way, still we need to have him back on. Did we have him back on a second time? I thought we had him a second time. <laughs> it's Maybe been not. so long since we so. we got to do interviews again. Uh, let us know in the comments. Do you want to see interviews again? It's been a minute. So we, I don't know. We, we go back and forth on that. Now, so Craigslist Hunter had sold uh, an Oral-B like toothbrush. And the person had messaged him and said, hey, you're listening to, you know, you have two of these. I only received one. And so Craigslist Hunter is like, what, what kind of scam is this guy running? Right. And so, you know, he put a whole video and he gets thousands of views pretty quick. Right. Kind of like Pure House Podcast. I'm just joking. So so then he started um, people and maybe some of you saw this video and you commented and they said, hey, Pete, you know, sometimes eBay takes your listings and they create your own listings on Google. And that might have been what happened. So sure enough, Craigslist Hunter went back in. And he Googled like, you know, the item and sure enough, his listing came up, but eBay replaced his picture, changed like the UPC and said that they, he had two of them for sale. So it wasn't even so luckily Pete never assumed the worst about the person. Pete just had a you know conversation over the messages like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure my my listing said one. Why do you think it's a two? And, you know, da, da, da. And he could have gone down the road of like, he could have directly said, you're a scammer. You're trying to scam me. But he didn't go down that road. Right. So in the end, he was able to resolve everything. And it was actually on eBay side that the error happened. Right. So it doesn't always happen that way. There are real scammers. There are people trying to get the best of you. But it's always best. Remember, we're talking about keeping platforms on your side. Right. So if eBay or Amazon sees that you actually make an attempt right? To treat the customer right, to to want them to be a repeat buyer. You're not going to assume the worst of them in your messages. You're going to assume the best and then let the platform sort all that out. Kind of make sense? Yeah. All right. Also, sometimes it's better to solve the issue before messaging, right? How many times have, you know, have you come across something and you're like, oh, like I missed that flaw or you're out of stock on something? Right. Or for, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, like the pricing is off. And I, and I say solve it before messaging because right away your inclination is like, I'm going to message this buyer. Right. I don't have it in stock. I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I just got to tell them right away. Or you may, you know, this has a flaw. They need to know right away. But here, there's different. You, there's also other options. Right. You can solve it. Before you message one, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused with okay. where you're going with this. Okay. So what I mean is sometimes like you don't find something right away. Right. And so, you know, and I know myself, like, I get that part, but how do you solve it before you message them? Because you could message them right away and say, I cannot find this item. You know, please let me know if you want to make cancel. Or you could understand that getting a ding for late shipping is better than getting an out of stock ding. Right. But if, if, if you, let's say so you take extra time 
That, that, that would be maybe if you can't find it, you take extra time to find it. But like, let's say you sold a pair of shoes and then you realize like, oh, the sole is actually falling off of these. They, they got bad in storage. Uh, how do you solve that before messaging them? <laughs> well, that one you can't. Okay. Okay. It doesn't. This is uh, a, I didn't know if there was like. Some no, no, no. Keep it real. That doesn't apply for every scenario, right? Or let's say you're an out of stock, right? So on Amazon, before I've had items that were out of stock. So how did I solve that? Well, it's you went not about more. You drop ship. I drop shipped. Hmm. Right. I, I bought it from an eBay seller. I made sure I updated my address and they shipped it to the buyer and things were good. Right. So I never had to message them. So I solved it before messaging. Does that make sense now? Yeah. Now, drop shipping is, you know, it's kind of super sp- gray area. It is a gray area. It, it's your own risk. Right. You got to take your risk. I, you know, I will drop ship more on. Amazon that I will on eBay. And again, this goes contrary to our terms of service. Yeah. Right. So go back to what we said originally. <laughs> Ignore that. Break the terms of service. But what I'm saying is try to find the solution. Right. Like, you know, don't don't be hasty. Don't be hasty in your response. Right. That one of the best tools that we have right now is eBay coupons. And I used it the other day. I had an item that I was out of stock on. And before I ever messaged them, I created a coupon. Now I have a special coupon that whenever I'm out of stock, I give them the coupon. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, this item was not available. Enjoy this 20% off coupon to the end of the year on any item up to $100, right? And so I will send that before I ever message them. So then when I message them, I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry, this item is out of stock. Uh, please let me know if you'd like me to cancel or... Or, you know, we can cancel it and you can purchase another item with a 20% coupon I recently sent you. Yeah, no, I think that's good. It kind of goes into the, the next point, which is offering above and beyond customer service, right? When you can offer customer service that is above and beyond. I mean, I've sold things before where it's looked complete or something, you know, I've, I've tested it and things worked and then it gets to them and and everything's fine except for, you know, the the power cable, like the, the connection isn't like going in right. And they're like, hey, like you sold this and... It turns on, but the power cable is like really loose or something wrong with it. And what I've done in the past for items like that is got a couple options. One, I can refund you. You can ship it back Two, um, you know, I, I found a power cable for this item. They're five bucks. I can I can send it to you. And I've sent them a separately like a purchase on Amazon or eBay. And like, here's the tracking information. It should be to you soon. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I get a message like, hey, it came. It works perfectly. Thank you so much. So I lost like six or seven dollars after paying five dollars for the cable plus the shipping. So I lost a little bit of money on the the the, the sale, but I end up getting like really positive feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Of this is a seller who went above and beyond. And so when you do that and you offer that, that's customers aren't always going to take that, right? They might say, like, no, this is not as described, and they get upset. But when you're offering that kind of service, chances are higher that a customer is going to going to respond well to that. They see that you're willing to make things right. And two, even if they don't see it, eBay sees that or Amazon. Well, sees and that's that. the thing, keeping platforms on your side. Yeah. Right. So again, with the drop shipping or replacing the offer, that, that actually was for my emergency scenario section. Gotcha. We got into it earlier. So, okay. But here's, here, I'll give you another example. So last week I had somebody that bought six buckles. Right. And it was an awesome sale. They're like, and I showed this on Instagram. They're like, hey, can I get these buckles? I created a new listing for them. And when I got to my sixth buckle, I was out of stock. So I was like, oh no, what do I do? So 
I message the buyer. I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry for this. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this, you know, this buckle is no longer available. Here's what I'll do for you. I'm going to refund you the price of the buckle. On top of that, I'm also going to give you free shipping. So you don't have to pay for the shipping due to the inconvenience. And on top of that, here's another 20% coupon on any other buckle you would like later on. And it worked out perfect. You know, feedback worked out. Person was happy. And maybe I have a return buyer, right? Even though I messed up. So you want to offer that next level customer experience. And sometimes it does cost you, right? And again, you know, I always want to be real about this. Like Mike and I have made a lot of mistakes in reselling. I think I've made more than Mike. Uh, but you know, the, the idea is, is you want to minimize those mistakes up front and that's a whole nother episode. But when you're on the other end, right, you're kind of at the mercy of the buyer. Like you don't want that negative feedback. It's not worth it to you. right. Cause it's going to hurt your sales. You don't want eBay hearing about it because once a buyer opens a case on eBay and it escalates it, that makes it worse for you. You want to end it at the very bottom of the communication trail where it's just you and the buyer and only within one or two messages. So, all right, we got a few more things to talk about before we move on. I do want to talk about our great sponsor, which now we do have a code. Whoa. Now you still use the link, still use the link to buy, but our code is pure hustle podcast for American So again, American And our code is pure hustle podcast. Now you might ask is it all one word. It's all one word. Pure Hustle Podcast. That's a great partnership because uh, one of the great things about Pure Hustle Podcast is we try to keep things real and relevant and we try and optimize people's business. And one of the things that's optimized our business quite a bit is has been American Bubble Boy. The fact that we can get incredible bubble wrap quickly at an amazing price. I mean, you can't beat it. I used to have to go to the store. I'd go to the, the U-Haul store to get uh, paper and I'd go to Walmart to get bubble wrap. And now... I don't have to worry about that. It's just, it comes in the mail when I need it, whatever size I need, whatever style I need. And it's there within two days. Good stuff. I love it. Now, the reason you want to use the code is some prices might have gone up due to inflation, due to supply chains and so on, but this will still get you the best discount. Okay. So please, you make sure to use Pure Hustle Podcast. Helps you out, helps us out, helps all of us out. It's a great relationship. And actually, I need to order some more. So I need to order another Four foot roll. I love that roll. It's good. All right. Hey, before moving on, if you have not been following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Soul Cast on Twitter and on was Clubhouse? Do we? Do we? Are we on? No, Clubhouse? no. We I have not been on Club. No, I haven't been on Clubhouse in three months. Does any? Let us know in the comments. How many of you still get on Clubhouse? I feel like Clubhouse was big when you know we couldn't leave our homes. That's, I think it's been done. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it still has got a pretty good following for different niches, but we're just not active on there. I mean, you know, we could probably get a MySpace account too, but we're never going to use it. So we don't need to talk about it. Well, actually, I want to see, let, let's look, let's see how many followers we have on Clubhouse right now. The, it's it's probably dead. No, uh, it, look, it's been so long. The app isn't even on my phone anymore. It's mm. like, you know, I, I iPhone sometimes removes your app if you're not using it. That's what happened. It has to reinstall. Never Thanks, mind. Apple for telling me what I can do on my phone. I know. I know. It's the era we live in. People telling us what to do. All right. Hey, uh, also, you can give us a call. 619-738-1170. Sorry, I'm laughing. Somebody called you and said, did you see that? Uh-uh. Hey, Mike, please call me back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did get that. And I was like, 
Yeah, I wasn't quite sure about yeah, that. Yeah, so if you ever call us, make sure it's reselling related and you leave the topic behind. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. Tell, tell us what the call is about. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, anyways, I just thought that was, and no offense to anyone. I just thought that well, was. Well, the funny thing is, too, so I, so the, those phone calls, it's a Google voice number. And so it rings on my phone sometimes, like when we get the call that comes through. Oh, really? Um, and See, it, I, it, comes, I have to turn mine off. it comes in a little bit different. So, like, it's not like my normal phone, but it still looks like a phone ringing. So I'm driving down the car, you know, on my property from one, one, my, my in law's house down to our house. And so my son's on my lap and my hands are full. And my wife is like holding my phone because she's like, whatever reason, and the it starts ringing. And I know she's like, oh, I don't recognize this number. It's coming from whatever state. And I've been getting so many like crazy spam calls. And so she, I know she's about to answer it and like say something crazy on the phone. because You know, that's just the things we do. We get spam calls now. <laughs> you know, you, you say something like Domino's Pizza or, you know, you, you just kind of troll them a little bit. And I was like, no, no, don't answer, don't answer. And she's like, why? And she's like about to answer. I'm like, don't answer, don't answer. So I can just imagine somebody calling our Russell podcast line and her answering Domino's Pizza. So, or no, she was going to say San Diego Police Department because we've been getting some, some pretty crazy spam calls and that they usually hang up with that one. Okay. So if, if you ever call us and somebody answers San Diego Police Department, just understand that was a mistake. <laughs> you could still call and leave a message. All right. Uh, also, you can... Uh, Oh, did I give the number 619-738-1170? You could also uh, shoot us an email, which one of our Hustle of the Week comes from an email today at Podcast at gmail.com. We're a little behind on some emails, too. So if we haven't responded to your email yet, uh, hang tight. I got one left. One left. I think I'm, right. I'm caught up. All so right. I had to answer stuff from like July. Because people emailed and then I got hit with the sickness and then, you know, just. Things went downhill from there. So, hey, also, uh, you know, Pierce Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us and you haven't caught our YouTube, make sure to run on over to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, and hit that bell notification. So you're notified whenever we drop an episode on a Saturday, on a Monday. And again, always want to say thank you for all the iTunes reviews. We are the largest reselling podcast out there and the most reviewed. And we hit the 500 Club. Woo, woo, woo. So it's funny because somebody said number 499, but we're at 502. Well, so that's leaving a review, but ah. yeah, so they must have made it in before we made it to that point. All right. So let's check out the last two just to celebrate. Okay. All right. All right. So see, oh, two people thought they left 499. Oh man. It was a race okay. to 499. So let's go to what a 498. Um, uh, I wonder if this is, no, I, I thought this was Victor, one of our early listeners from back in the day. Uh, it says, genuine resellers. It's true. We are genuine. Uh, honest and easy to listen to resellers, informative and entertaining from beginning to end. Covers a lot of different topics that helps beginners and seasoned resellers. If you're looking for the best reselling podcast out there, you found it, Vic. Thanks, well, thank Vic. you, Vic. Uh, this one is from King Clove. And they put four ninety nine. Nice. And they said, "Made it in the five hundred club today, baby." Yes, you did. Thanks for all the informative content. Keep it coming. Thank you. Really appreciate that, King Club. All right, and here's five stars for the five hundred club number four ninety nine, which I think you might have been five hundred. So yeah. we might we might need to have like a battle royale. You two can face off against each other to see who really was four ninety nine. <laughs> so this is from Wiseberry, and they said, "New seller, love your podcast. My favorite reselling eBay related show. You guys are great and always keep it real. Found the show recently and have been binge listening while I source and list. Thank you guys. If you feel up to it, shout out my eBay store." we can we can show yeah, he wanted it it's on there it's on the itunes reviews all right we'll do this 
Smart marketing, by the way, my friends. Smart marketing. Not everybody's going to put that in the reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want us to shout out your eBay store, go ahead and throw it in there in your review. We'll shout it out. Why not? All right. So it is Wiseberry, W-I-S-E-B-U-R-Y, authentic attire. Username is the real underscore Wiseberry, W-I-S-E-B-U-R-Y. Said it would make their month coming from two reselling celebrities. Oh, man. So you know what? I've, I've heard of other people doing like help out, you know, fellow reseller, that type of thing. Uh, we don't have anything specific like that. But everybody should go check out the store, see if there's something in a store that uh, that you'd be interested in, give it give it a buy, right? Like help out help out your fellow reseller, another listener to Pierce Podcast. That'd be super sweet. And if you want what to, are, what uh, are we starting here, Mike? Hey, I mean that's I think it's cool, right? Like like we've got. I mean that's what makes that's what I love about this podcast and this community is we're a community, right? Like we've met so many people, we've had so many great conversations with people, learned so much from other people. So uh, yeah, I love it. Share the love. You guys are you guys are awesome and. Uh, if you feel like you've missed out because you didn't get to leave a review before we made it to 500, um, you missed out a little bit. But like the old saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Oh right. So if you miss the 500 club, you don't want to be the person who's like, you know, 10 years from now, like I could have been number 505, but instead I waited. Now they're at 10,000 and you, you know, you missed all of those clubs since then. So if you want to make it into the 600 club, if you want to leave a review before we get to 600, you're going to want to do that quickly because, uh, that, that, that opportunity might be gone forever. And now, uh, yeah, why not leave a, leave your eBay store name or your Instagram name in there. That'd be a good way too to connect with other resellers and find people who are like-minded. So there yeah, you go. Awesome. But thank you to everyone. Whether you just left a five star, not thankful for the one star, but if you left a five star, or you left a greater review. We're grateful for you. Thank you. All right. It is time for. Oh, man. We, we kind of got skipped a little. Let's, uh, let's listen to the whole thing. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So we love our hustles of the week. And we uh, our first one comes from Jen. IG handle at Jen's deals. That's Jen's underscore deals. So I was shopping at the, th- at the thrift and came across a pair of leggings but notice that they were colorful with a Peloton logo. Interesting. You know, I, I don't even know if I've ever thought about like Peloton or that kind of stuff apparel. That, that's interesting. I've sold shoes before. We talk about shoes. Yeah, the shoes. Researched them and found out that they were a rare instructor. So Emma Lovewell was the instructor. Collab piece that sold for good money. Paid $6 and listed them on eBay for $2.99 and sold with the best offer. $2.40. Oh, sorry. The it's best sold. offer of $2.40. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that's awesome. The fact that the fact that you did the research and found that it was like a rare thing and that's something you should do too. I mean, if you're in a niche and you see things uh, and then you see something that's unique or different, definitely check it out. Cause you might, there's probably been a lot of times I've sold items, shoes, clothes like that, that were special, unique collabs. And I sold them too cheap because I didn't do the research, Mm. but doing the research and realizing this isn't just a pair of Peloton leggings, but it's, it's a unique special collab that, you know, maybe there's only so many of them made that then becomes keywords. Cause yeah, a customer might know. And if you didn't put that stuff, they're getting a the sweet deal. Right. But if you know, you can also help out that person who's looking for it and, uh, and, and it allows them to find it easier. So that's interesting. I, uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for, for Peloton leggings if they're super colorful. Yeah. No, no, uh, LuLaRoe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> stay, stay away from LuLaRoe. Except, I mean, you can do it if you get, the hard part For is like five cents. No, it, it, and it's true. I mean, I have had that happen at garage sales where I've like bought hundreds of pieces for like 20 or 30 bucks. And then it's great because 
yeah, if they sell for seven bucks, I'm still making good money because I yeah. paid, you know, 10 cents for them or whatever. But uh, most people who are still trying to offload their Lulu Row stuff still want to sell it at like original Lulu yeah, Row prices. No, I know. I know. All right. So great. Thank you so much, Jen. All right. Next comes George IG handle Buffalo centric. His first Instagram post was his hustle of the week. Ooh, nice. So go, go show Buffalo centric on IG some love. Went to an estate sale with his wife and came across a set of baby, babysitters club books, about 111 in total. Wow. Okay. You know, when I was a kid, my mom at Costco bought me a set of babysitters club books. Interesting. I don't, Did you read them? No. Like, Good. I don't even if know. You'd have, if you'd have read them, I'd be a little bit worried. I'm just not sure why she bought. Like, I. I mean, maybe she just knew you liked reading. And so it's like, here's <laughs> books. <laughs> Anyways, I, I they always have a special place in my heart because of that story. So, so George and his wife came across 111 Babysitter's Club books, listed them on eBay after paying only $10 at the estate sale and sold them for $400 plus ship. Yeah, man, when you can get a set like that, like sets of books, that's I love selling is. those. Like the Hardy Boys yeah. or uh, what's the Nancy Drew, like yep. all those collections are money. You just yeah. got to do that research. And another another set that I'm going to be on the lookout for now, I don't know if you caught my latest garage sale I did. Video, is the yeah, uh, I like the Fraggle Rock. <laughs> I was like, I was like, where is my going with this Fraggle Rock? But if you find a good amount yeah, of them. Yeah, if you get a set of Fraggle Rock books. So again, it's one of those things where if you can get a set of something, some sets are, are are not worth it, but but if sets of Fraggle Rock, I would have not known, but I just randomly looked one book up and I'm like, holy cow, these sell. I was more intrigued by your buddy L. Like I love uh, finding yeah. Buddy L. Like oh, not, anger. not my Otis Spunkmeyer. No, no, that was cool too. But I love, I mean, the Otis Spunkmeyer is gonna be your moneymaker. So if you haven't caught the YouTube, I'm gonna make Mike do this. So if you go up here, this link will take you to that YouTube video to watch. So. Also, um, those some of those manga man i was i i miss said one of them i said like they sell for like 40 bucks a piece i have two of them that sell for a hundred dollars a piece really yeah oh man you made your money. i bet a box whole box them for so yeah so check out that video definitely worth your time all right thank you so much george at buffalo centric on instagram great sale with those babysitter club books all right our next one is from an email um all right let's see this one it's actually my first time reading this email did this come in today yeah today like oh, literally nice at 10 50 something in the morning and it's five in the afternoon well, or evening i'm already liking this one because uh the the title of it is thank you mike for the bolo yeah that's all why right. i thought we should share all right now. all right so here we go hey guys love listening to you and it was quite cool that you read my review on the podcast recently oh, nice. Yeah, nice nice you get double dipping here that's right uh i was the one who said you guys don't show off flashy cars like it's typical oh, of male resellers like seems yeah it's true and yes, Mike, you should show off your 99 Toyota 4 I know, it's such a cool... I mean, I had no idea it was cool. Like, it, it's trendy, and, and I didn't know it was trendy until afterwards. So uh, I think that would be awesome. All right. I'm not a gamer, but I've listened to Mike talk about board games for serious gamers. I found this one in a photo below for $5 at the store that should not be named. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, sold in a week for $86 plus $8 shipping. It was a brand new and sealed... I'm not sure if this makes Hustle of the Week. Absolutely does. Let's see what it is. It is. Oh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Really? Okay. So I have Sheriff of Nottingham and um, wow, $86 and $8 shipping. I wonder if they sell for that use because that's a game I don't really play very often. Um, it's a pretty fun game, but $86 plus $8 shipping, which is pretty interesting because Sheriff of Nottingham was a game that was actually at Target for a while and it probably went on clearance at Target and they probably huh. were selling for like $15 to $20 brand new so the fact that they're going for 86 dollars now 
That's super impressive. And the fact that you got it for $5 and knew to sell it instead of, uh, I definitely wouldn't pay $86 for a Sheriff of Nottingham. So uh, good call. Some games I get and it's hard for me to sell. But uh, but yeah, I mean, board games. And that's a good example, right? Like, it's not the Monopolies. It's not the Twisters. It's not the Clues. Though sometimes if you get like an old school, really good condition, I've definitely sold those. But it's the, if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, and you've got a Barnes and Noble in your area. Most Barnes and Nobles have like a game section now. And you just look in their game section and you will see the k- kinds of games I'm looking at. Like really serious, hardcore gamers are into them. And a lot of times these games knew they, they, the bottom level price on most of these games is like 50 bucks, 50 to $100. So even used, if you can get them at a, a garage sale, because a lot of times a serious gamer is never going to sell it. But somebody who thinks that they're going to play it or they buy it as a gift and they maybe play it one time. So you can be pretty sure they're usually complete because mm-hmm. most people play it one time or they try to play it and they're like, this game's too complicated. They put it back in the box and they sell it at a garage sale. So that's an awesome uh, hustle of the week. And you know what? I'm probably going to be listing my uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. So good job. There you go. Thank you, Megan W. for shooting us an email. All right. I want to hear your hustle of the week. All right. So my hustle of the week, it actually comes from a story from a few weeks ago. I was at a garage sale and I mentioned it on the podcast when we talked about um, when people say like, pay whatever you want. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets a little awkward when it's like, yeah. because I'm donating this money to some cause, right? Um, and I bought a uh, a trunk scanner, I guess is what you would call it, like a kind of like a CB type receiver. Um, and it had like NASCAR logo on it too. But um, I ended up paying, I think, somewhere between 2 and $5. It might have been $5, but it might have been 2 I can't remember. And usually that's about, I'd probably pay somewhere between 5 to $10 if it like had box, manual, and like I knew that it was tested and working. This lady didn't know. She's like, I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's if anything about it. And so I ended up paying, I think it was $2 just because when you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to take that risk. Well, I took it home. I tested it. I went through all the channels. Things worked. Kind of cleaned it up a little bit. And it sold for like 96 bucks, I think. Nice. It was like 86 plus. It was actually more than that because I think it was like 80, 86 plus like $14 shipping. So it ended up selling for a really good amount, over $100, and for a $2 pickup. And again, I was willing to take that bet. I, I, maybe I would have paid 5 for something, not knowing if it worked. But it, it's one of those things where you just never know. And so the fact that I took it home, tested it, and it took a while. I mean, I went through all the channels, I cleaned it up, I made sure all the different settings worked. So I took that risk, and it definitely paid off. Nice. Yeah, I got to tell you, garage sales, man. Yeah, garage for sales. sure. So just went this past weekend. I had some good finds. All right. So I wanted to update Hustle Week. Did I mention all the baseball gloves I bought that one time? Mm-hmm. Right. So I wanted to update on that one for my Hustle Week. So if you remember, I don't remember how many I, I bought. I want to say it was like at the bottom end, 130 on the high end, over 150. Now, I bought a bunch of gloves for a total of $200. Right. Uh, and some of them, you know, were $1 gloves, some were $2 gloves. But initially, right, they're supposed to be for I think $6 each. And then I asked if I bought them all, would you make me a deal? And then they had more gloves in the back that were like selectively priced at like five, 10, 15, 20, 25. But since they saw me buy all, all the cheaper gloves, she just said, you know what? I'll make you a deal and I'll sell you all these ones in back too for the same price. So I sold So I have been selling some of these gloves. So I paid about $200 for all the gloves, right? And this was late June. I looked at the day, it was June 26th. But I already made my money back and I'm in profit and with only 13 gloves sold. Okay. So 
if you do the math, so I, I you, know, you got to go that back of that podcast, but I want to say, let's say I, I bought 150 gloves. Okay. I can't remember that number. I did have to trash about like 10 or 12 of them. There's too much flaking going on. They were just, and I don't know, part of me is like, maybe I should have still listed them because here's the deal. I've always said people do not mind if gloves are messed up, if they're broken in, if they're discolored, like some people like old gloves just to keep like in the, in their office or their den or their man, whatever you want to call it as like, it was a glove that they had growing up. Right. Uh, some people like buying gloves broken in already because they don't want to have to deal with the process of rubber banding and putting it under your mattress or whatever you do. Do people still do that to breaking gloves? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. So, so out of these pairs, right. I said, I sold 13 of them already for $315. So some of these gloves sold for 20, some of them sold for 40, some sold for 30, but I only paid $2 plus I'm charging padded flat rate shipping of $8 for each of them. So if you do the math there, right, let's say we take out that 13, right? I'm already in the profit. I still have profit to be made on 122 more pairs of gloves, right? So you always want to find those deals where you can buy a lot and you already earn the profit within a few items. That's how our garage sales go. Like every single time I go to garage sales, I'm, I'm hoping that I only have to sell one item and whatever money I sold that day is already going to be covered. So for example, it was last Saturday, if you caught our Instagram story, I think I can either sell a mixer, uh, which actually the, the, the cowboy boots I just sold. So I paid, I bought a mixer. I bought a vintage San Antonio uh, Spurs jersey, a graphics card, a bunch of shirts, cowboy boots, all for $90. I've already sold a pair of cowboy boots for $75 plus ship. So all I have to sell is one more item and everything will be, I'll probably be four or $500 in profit. The mixer itself alone is probably going to sell for close to 200. So you always want to make sure when you're garage selling, look for those big deals, try to bundle and see the easiest way to see if it's profitable is if you can make your money back within a few items selling. So that is my hustle of the week. That's good stuff, man. Holy cow. So I looked up that shirt from Nottingham. <laughs> Uh, used right now on eBay, they're selling for like sixty bucks, which is crazy. Really? It's way more than it sold for new at, at Target when they're new. But look at what they're going for on Amazon and Walmart: one hundred seventy nine new mm-hmm. on Amazon, mm-hmm. two hundred forty four. I have no idea why. I mean, it, something must have came out re- recently. I mean, it's only got a seven point one star on uh, Board Game Geek, so it's not like the the greatest game ever. But uh, I think I'm probably going to sell mine and buy a better game. So well, yeah, that's know. cool. All right. So that's a bolo for you too. That's right. Okay. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, one of the ways that we're constantly able to have our smooth domes for the podcast ready is by using skullshaver.com. Yeah. Skull shavers are great. I love using my skull shaver. I use it every morning now. I know Orlando switched to every other day, but, uh, you know, he's a full-time reseller, so he doesn't have to worry about it as much as I do. I don't have to worry about my hygiene. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, it is, it's quick, it's easy. It's painless and you can use it wet in the shower. You can use it dry. I've started using it dry and uh, it works so fast. It works great. Easy to clean. So definitely check it out. If you're uh, if you're a bald beauty like us, get yourself a skull shaver and uh, it even works on on your face. I mean, I use it on the lower part of my neck and it's one less thing I have to worry about shaving and no neck beards here. Yeah, that's right. So again, that's skullshaver.com. Link below. Use our promo code pure P-U-R-E to get that discount. All right, let's talk about emergency scenarios. Okay, right? Because you want to keep platforms on your side even when things are bad. Right? And one and and we we just uh we're going to do a whole mini sode about this next week about returns. And listen, 
offering returns is your best friend to keep platforms on your side. Right now on Amazon, it's non-negotiable. Like you have to accept the return, right? They may, you may get a message about like approving a return, but you might as well just put it on auto approve because Amazon, I'm telling you, they are the worst platform to work with to resolve things with buyers. You might as well just accept that return and avoid that negative feedback. Now with eBay, and I've said this a lot is that, you know, to be a top rated seller, you have to offer 30 day returns. doesn't have to be free. I'm a big fan of free returns, but you don't have to offer free. You can just do 30 day returns. But I will tell you every time I get, I've got a negative feedback and the buyer has never contacted me. All I have to do is get on the phone with eBay or message eBay via messaging on Facebook, eBay for business podcast, say, Hey, listen, I sold an item. Everything was fine. I offer returns. The buyer never said anything. They never, you know, wanted to return the item. I messaged them. I said, Hey, you're able to return it. They haven't gotten back to me. I'm hoping that we can get the negative feedback removed because I've done everything in my power to make things right. And every single time eBay has been willing to remove it. Right. So I returns, I know, I know people all the time are like, no way you cannot listen. It's the one way, the one definite way that eBay cannot say, no, you didn't try to make things right with the buyer. If you just say you can return it for a full refund, that shows the platform you've done everything to make things right. Yeah. And you get those seller protections too when you offer returns and you don't have to offer free returns. You can offer, you know, customer pays, you Mm -hmm. know, shipment back. The only downfall with that is you potentially put yourself at risk for getting INADs that are INADs if a customer is just wanting to get the free return. Whereas if you just have free returns, you might not deal with that. Yeah, I sold some Babushka dolls. You know what those are? Yeah, the little stacking. Yeah, the stacking one. And then the reason for returning it doesn't fit. Interesting. They're trying to get their, you know, the free free shipping, you know. Well, I mean, maybe one of of the uh, nesting dolls didn't fit. No, it all, the other one. it all fit. I packed it. I made sure it all fit. So I only, I didn't have to do multiple Babushka dolls. So anyways. Was that like a an interesting political set or was it a, an actual? No, it's really cool. I was at a garage sale and I picked up four sets. Cold War era from Russia of all uh, from the dictators of, of the Cold War. So it, it actually goes all the way to the first one of like Brezhnev. No, not Brezhnev. It goes to, uh, I'm getting historical here, but I think it was Nicholas, right? Who was the guy that got overthrown? I don't even, I should know this. I'm a history guy. Okay. All right. So I think it was Lenin overthrew Nick. I'm going to look it up. But anyways, it goes all the way from pre-Lenin to the end with Boris Yeltsin. So it has, has everybody. So I was like, Wow. This is, this is, uh, this was pretty cool. And like, they're like little tiny babushkas all, all the way through. And speaking of babushka, I had a teacher friend who had a student who would randomly yell, babushka. And I think that's pretty funny. Okay. All right. Now we have gone all over the place and I, I just, I can't find. So if you need, if you need a uh, replacement for a four letter word, you can just go babushka. I think it's a good word. Okay. Keep, keep, keeping it pure here. That's so. right. All right. I, you know, I, I just, I can't find the guy's name. All right. Anyways, let us know in the comments, all you history people out there and tell Orlando that his master's was worthless now. That's Except right. my master's is not in Russian you teach You teach students? I do. I do. All right. Um, I'm pretty sure it's our Nicholas, but I could be wrong. So, you, you know, the story of Rasputin, yeah, that, that should trigger somebody's mind on memory. All right. So, uh, where, where were we? Okay. Now yeah, I already just offering returns. Okay. Now I, I did mention it. emergency scenario of drop shipping or replacing the offer. Okay. 
So let's not talk about dropshipping anymore because that, you know, that could cause some trouble. So let's not go there. All right. We could, by the way, we could edit that out. You would never know, but we want to keep it real. Okay. Now replacing the offer, right? That eBay is fine with. Like if you're out of stock with something and you offer to replace something, right? Now it's not always going to work because eBay really hates it when you don't have an item in stock. Amazon really hates it. But I have had success in the past where, you know, I ended up with an out of stock defect and ended up leading to a negative feedback. And I told eBay, like, listen, I've sold thousands of items. I've always had them in stock. I fumbled this time. I try to make things right. It re- I really would appreciate it if somehow we can, you know, make this negative feedback go away. <laughs> that sounds so shady right there, but it's over the phone. And guess what? I've had, I've had it done. Right. This, and this was years ago. This isn't even like before Pure Soul Podcast or anything. I don't think there is like a influence thing or like a thing that comes up. Like, like, yeah. like it, Probably it, not it's for rally us. roots that called better remove all negative feedbacks. Now, now, now the, the bigger influencers may, they may have a little bit like of Craigslist Center. He doesn't even have to call. He just like text somebody to eBay. It's like removed. Yeah. Okay. It happens, right? All right. Next. Um, and we talked about this already. Yeah, take the loss. Sometimes you just have to take the loss. I can't tell you how many times this has happened or I've sent something. The customer says like, hey, you know, so maybe something was wrong with the item. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm a little iffy that they caused an issue. But especially there's times where it's worth it to say, ship it back. Because a lot of times you can you can deal with the scammers. But there's other times where it's like, you know what? If that's true, if it's missing a piece, if something's broken on it, by the, I'm not going to resell it, right? If it's actually broken or something's wrong, I'm not. I'm by the time I pay, if I have to pay for shipping back, if they end up doing an INAT or something like that, I pay the shipping back. I throw the item away or try and resell it again. I'm going to end up losing even more money. Sometimes it's worth it just to go. You know what? I'm sorry this happened. I'm going to give you a refund. Keep the item, right? Because you can turn something that could be an INAD that could be a very upset customer to. You know what? I lost the, the forty bucks. And I'm not going to get that money back. But this customer might give me positive feedback and say, hey, you know, something happened, but this good seller, they made it right. You know, instead of saying like, nope, sorry, you're going to have to pay the $15.99 to ship that back. You're only asking for trouble when that happens. So especially if it's something that went wrong or you're a little iffy about it or you're potentially sometimes you just run the numbers and it's not worth having them pay to ship it back and trying to resell it again. There are definitely times where it's worth it ship it back, I'll resell it and I'll make even more money. And it's happened to you several times. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you take the loss and you take the loss with a smile. You do it gracefully and you'd be surprised how many times it gets you positive feedback and or eBay saying, yeah, we'll remove the negative feedback. You refunded them and let them keep the item. Like what more can they complain about? You Mm -hmm. know, agreed, agreed. Now, this last one. Okay, so you, you have to think about this in the context of keeping platforms on your site. And it's Never give up on keeping your reputation at its highest, right? I still, I I think, you know, and it's hard because some of us, it hasn't happened to me yet, but I know people that are awesome resellers that have like the 99.6% feedback on eBay, right? On Amazon, I have, uh, I think it's a 96% last I saw on my feedback, right? But here's the thing, like I see a lot, I had somebody the other day and you're probably listening, had DM me and said, Hey, Orlando, you know, I did everything I could. Uh, You know, I messaged the buyer, I offered free return. I contacted eBay and eBay said, we can't do anything to remove the negative feedback. 
And I replied, no message eBay for business, uh, you know, on, uh, on Facebook, let them know that you offered the return, that you did everything to make things right. And to ask them to remove the feedback. And they did, they did what I told them to do and it was removed. But this is why I'm so adamant about this is that it's a lot easier for eBay to work with you. If you have, let's say a 99.6 or a 98 or a hundred percent, then if you're just like, you know what? negative feedback, no big deal. Even if I'm at 95%, you know, whatever, it's all good. It's still higher. But here's the thing. Every single time that you make that call, right. And you don't get that removed. Your number goes lower and lower and lower where if you just fought for every single one, and let's say you won 50% of the time, when you call eBay, they don't have a record of like, you know, Every single time you call them, I mean, they could actually. They probably do. Well, no, but not in the initial screen, right? Oh, maybe they do. Maybe I don't know. Do. Okay, but what I'm trying to tell you is this: is that I'm guaranteeing, I'm pretty sure that the eBay rep is going to be more willing to consider removing a negative feedback if you have a high feedback rating than if you have a low feedback rating. Yeah. Right. So if you can keep every single one off as much as you can the better it's going to work in your favor when you contact eBay, right? One thing you'll always be able to go say is like, Hey, I sell hundreds of items. I sell thousand items. My feedback is at 98%, which is a, you know, extremely high number based on how much I sell. Do know that I wasn't trying to scam. I wasn't trying to pull, you know, the wool over anybody's eyes. I was trying to make things right. And that sounds better than, you know, I, I sell a lot and I know my feedback's not the greatest, but I really wasn't trying to do it like that. That falls flat. Right. You want to keep your reputation at its highest every single time you call. So you fight every single negative feedback. And it's going to help you with your customers buying stuff from you, too. I mean, if I'm buying something, I'm a little iffy, especially if it's like used electronic. I'm going to look at the person's store and if they've got 100 percent feedback, thousand sales, great comments. I'm more willing to buy from them than if the person has 94% feedback and a couple negatives and people like this person sold me something that was fake or didn't work. So even that you're, if you're trying to stay on the platform's good side, part of the platform is the customers using that platform. So, um, keeping that higher feedback rating, there's sometimes I don't care at all. I don't even look, I just, I'm looking for my item and I buy it. But if it's something expensive, I'm definitely looking at what's the feedback of this person. Yeah. You, you, cause the thing is you never know. I've had moments where, you know, I've gotten like three negative feedbacks in a month right now. Had I not fought all my other ones, Right. And, and I was like at a 95% and I call him like, Hey, listen, I got these weird negative feedbacks. You know, I never get negative. Well, I can't say that anymore. I can't say I never get negative feedback or I can't say it's very rare for me to get these. Now it just looks like it's the way I run my business. Right. So chances are that the platform where it's going to be on your side are actually less. Right. And it's the same thing with Amazon, like Amazon. I don't even know how Amazon allows sellers to have like 50% or 76%. I see them all the time. But I'm pretty sure if, you know, you're getting close to suspension or if you're in a bad scenario with Amazon, but your feedback is pretty high. I'm pretty sure you have a greater voice than if you had a 50% or a 76% on your Amazon account. So you always want to do everything you can to keep your reputation at the highest point. So hopefully all these have helped all the way from, you know, not trying to shortcut the system, dealing with bad buyers to emergency scenarios. Uh, again, uh, tread lightly, not financial advice, just some things that we have done to help uh, our own businesses grow and to keep 
eBay and Amazon and Poshmark and every single platform that we use on our side. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Blades. Peace.